Hello, and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins, and I have the huge pleasure of hosting Rebecca Shepherd of Stand For Thee today. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for having me today. I feel so lucky there's three of you because I've been able to cycle through and uh, interview more than than one of you and and get the as if same thing from a different perspective. So I'm just going to hit the live button on Rockfin. It's telling me it's ready to go. And for anybody that would like to jump over to an uncensored platform, I do highly recommend it. If for any reason I was to go down on the uh, mainstream platforms of Facebook and YouTube, you know where to find me over on Rockfin. And so there is the link. And hello, Isness. Nice to see you. Tommy Rogers is here already. So uh, no doubt people are going to be joining. Thank you for Hi, sharing. Tommy. <laughs> you know Tommy already. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. That's lovely. Yeah. And our local isness that I haven't seen in the flush for too long, but I think our spring is now going to bring about some opportunities for in-person, more in-person meetings. I, uh, I've had my head down like you have, uh, Rebecca. I, I see you as a very hard worker, as a warrior, uh, a woman who's really setting examples for others of us out there watching you and your, uh, if I could say, um, colleagues, I was going to say cohorts, that's not right, <laughs> over at Stand For The, it, it truly is an infusion of being able to see yourself do things that you couldn't see yourself do before. And I think that's one of the really beautiful things about humanity that we have, right? Maybe animals can do that to a certain degree, but there's something, there's things I've done in the past two years I never would have saw myself doing. Even this podcast, more than 180 uh, podcasts I've done since the pandemic began. I think just before the pandemic began, I'd started my podcast and, uh, you know, taken action in law, done things that I thought were way too scary. But it is because of the likes of you and, and others out there that were brave enough to take some first steps. And uh, so welcome, Rebecca. If you like, I will I will just do a little form formal introduction since I, sure. I got this uh, great bio from you. Uh, Rebecca is uh, started Stand for the in 2020 with two other co-founders, co which you've seen here on uh, it's um, on this podcast already. Amanda Ridding and Jane Scarf. I actually didn't start with them. Just okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It kind of it's morphed along the way, but yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and Shade Stone, who's been here for a few times, oh, yeah. but uh, but yeah, that's that's really good history to know this happened and uh, uh, you've since branched off and shaped stand for the into what it is today with through hard work determination and support from an incredible network she works together with as i mentioned paralegal jane scarf and a group of dedicated volunteers to create actions to disrupt the status quo and create change so that's the rebel archetype i work with archetypes by the way and you got you got that all over you but really rebel with a cause certainly not the one without a cause uh, the philosophy of Stand For Thee is to use due process against those who are violating rights, and uh, they do it by participating in the process. So I, as I grew up in the law world, there's a whole faction of it that I'm sure you're aware of, Rebecca, that considers this playing in the devil's sandbox. 100%. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, let's let's talk about that because I think there's still people out there that, that feel that way, and that's okay. Personally, as a podcaster, I want to explore not all of the uh, arenas out there, but all the approaches that look especially to be getting results, right? Because I don't want to be right about my conclusions. I want stuff that works for me mm. and, and for people as well. 
So Stand for Thee aims to provide information, support, and actions that each can participate in to hold individuals accountable for violating due process and our rights. Uh, she brings to the table over 20 years of project management experience, which really shows how, how you're holding everything together uh, from a variety of industries. And apl she applies these skills to everything she does in Stand for Thee. All right, well, let's jump in. And Rebecca, I would love to hear what inspired you to get into the field of law in the first place? Was there some kind of inciting incident on your hero's journey? So all of this, so you, you said in the beginning that you were doing things that we never thought we would ever do. I, I've, never, I've never been an activist. I've been to a few protests in my life um, I never, I mean, this is a whole new world for me. And it's funny that you mentioned being a rebel. My husband, his nickname for me is rebel. And, um, <laughs> and I, I think about this a lot when I was a child, when I was like, I don't know, eight years old, I had this t-shirt that said, here comes trouble. And it had a big bomb on it. And I think about that today. And I'm like, I wish I had that t-shirt because I need it. And it is, <laughs> I do have a very rebellious nature and I, I have a hard time with authority and I think that's the Aries fire in me. And when all of this started, when this nonsense started back in, in um, February, March of, of 2020, I was actually away. We were away. We were in Costa Rica. So we didn't know what was happening because, you know, we don't we didn't have our devices on. And then when we were getting ready to leave, someone mentioned something about COVID. And it was like, what are you talking about? And so then when we got here, it was like COVID, 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 COVID. And I was working in an office at the time. And I, I, have, uh, I have a really deep intuition on a lot of things. Um, and I've, I've been able to listen more to myself than I did when I was younger. And just the word, I was just like, this is bullshit. And I, I, I had a really hard time when people were talking about, oh, I'm so afraid. I'm like, well, you just flew here. So how afraid are you? Like, it was just like seeing through the nonsense. Um, and so it was very difficult for me. I remember the first time I went to the grocery store and they started telling people, stand here, stand there. And I was like, I got to go. I told my husband, I'm gonna, I got to go outside because this, this stranger is telling me what to do. Like, she's my boss. I can't deal with this. You take mm -hmm. care of this. And then it was just, you know, here we are, right? Stand on the dot. Put on your mask. It's too low. It's too high. You're too close. You're too far. All of this nonsense. So I was mm -hmm. tolerating it because I didn't know how far it was going to go. In July of, I guess, 2020 now, when they implemented the mask, uh, mandate that was it for me I was like no way you're not telling me to put that on my face um so I watched it I, I marched into Queens Park so I live quite close to the park walked in and uh, said hey hi who do I speak to about working with you guys I want to get involved and um so that was with hugs over mass and so I joined with them um and then as I got more involved um, and I realized that I didn't want to just do protests and I actually don't really get involved with protesting that much. Um, not that I don't think there's a purpose for it. I just think that my time is better suited somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what led to the creation of Stand for Thee. Um, and like I said, I've never done this before. I have no idea. At, well, I do now, but at the mm -hmm. time it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you know, it's creating groups for this and groups for that and doing things. And it was just like, we're just having Zoom calls. Like we're having Zoom calls and I'm not really sure if we're getting things done. And, you know, but we, I kept trying because I'm a determined individual. And then I started working with Jane a Scarf. And in August of 2021, 
a light bulb went off in Jane and she said, Bill of Rights, Bill of Rights. Now Jane has 40 years experience. She's a paralegal, she's a licensed paralegal. She has 40 years experience working in uh, as, a, as a paralegal, but not just doing paralegal work. She has been an activist, activist for about 40 years living in Ottawa. She was involved with Occupy Ottawa. If you look up Jane Scarf, you will see her getting arrested on stage. She was, she was running for mayor in Ottawa. She was arrested because she wouldn't leave the stage because they would not let her participate in the debate. Um, you'll see her accusing the government of participating in the RBC bombing. Um, and so she's got, she's got this, this incredible knowledge that is absolutely applicable for what's happening right now. And so I, so again, with being a project manager, uh, I, I always like to get to the, you know, I work with teams. I work on, I worked in ad agencies for the past 20 years, 15 years, I don't know, a long time. And ad agencies are a completely different world than corporate. It's really fast moving, high demand, very competitive, and it's just a completely different world. And mm -hmm. I'm familiar, actually. I, I was born and raised in a, a public relations and communication firm that had an ad agency for, I don't know, 10 years, a decade. So I'm, I'm very familiar. There you go. There you mm -hmm. go. And so, um, and because I was self-employed, I would be the one that they would call like, this project's going to fail. We don't want any responsibility. Bring somebody else in. And I was, the, and so I like to, I, I had to learn over the years how to read people, how to really analyze things. I want to get to the bottom of it. I'm a problem solver. I want to know what it is. I want to understand it so I can execute it correctly. So those things tied in really well that I, what I was learning with Jane. And uh, uh, I tell, I say to a lot of people, this may make, a, make your eyeballs bleed, but I love it, which is reading legislation. And all so of us, good. Jane, Amanda, myself, Shade, Dave Freedom, we work with Dave Freedom quite often. We tend to get information that like literally, I, so I'm a tab hoarder. I'll have like a million tabs on my screen. My husband's <laughs> old, but he can't, I'm like, just don't look at my browser, go away. Now I have and, a name for that, Rebecca, tab hoarder. There you go. My, yeah. my son comes in like, he's like, this is scary, this is frightening, shut it down. <laughs> and I'm like, don't touch it, don't touch it. And But what will happen is, and this happens quite often, I'll have all these million tabs open because I'm like, okay, I got to come back to this one. Oh, I got to come back to this one. And so then I'll forget about it. And this happened, this is a good example. And then I'll end up on that, on that page and I'll just be, you know, do, do, do. And I look and there it is, boom. It's like literally staring in front of me. And this happens quite often with Jane, Amanda, myself. It's like, I don't even know where this came from, but guys, look what I just found. So we gifts from God. And, uh, and so, and when that happens, that inspires me to do more because I see, you know, some results, but here's the thing, going back to something that we never thought we would do in life. And this makes me laugh. I own a megaphone. Why on earth do I own a megaphone? And it, it sounds trivial, but to me, I'm like, I own a megaphone and just like the whole thing, you know, I never thought in a million years. I would ever be in a position like this. I never, I, I, I shouldn't say I never because I, I, when I was a child, I, I did always, not when I was a child, but um, I guess as I was growing up in my younger years, I had this, this deep sense of something was coming. And I actually used to count down to the 2000s. And I also had some visions and some what I call quantum experiences. 
So when all of this transpired in March, it took me a couple of months. And one day I went, oh shit, this is it. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. And I, I think in a lot of ways, what is happening, because this is World War III, absolutely. And it's the same perpetuators from World War II. They've just, you know, the Nazis were not annihilated. They were assimilated. And we are recognizing now when we see what's happening, not just at home, but, and especially when we look at the, some of the laws that we have, and I know we'll talk about the charter. I know that's on the, on the, on the topics, one of the topics today. When you look at the charter and you understand the people who were involved in the creation of the charter, you see what's happening in, um, in, in parts of Europe and you see what's happening in the Ukraine and you realize that this really is a deep infiltration on most Western civilization, uh, government, uh, organizations to some degree. Um, and, uh, I, I, I kind of, I, I feel like as a whole, we've been, we've been duped, uh, and we've been tricked. And now, you know, this is, this is the time when we, when we bring the dark to light and that's the first step. And that's what's happening right now is the truth is coming out in all facets and it's very uncomfortable for people. Obviously it's, you know, for me, it's a bit different because I've been researching this stuff since the interwebs came out and I've gone through those deep, dark rabbit holes that were, that put me into states of depression and fear and anxiety. And now I'm like, bring it on, bring it on because it's the only way that we can, you have to see the shit in order to fix it. Mm -hmm. And, and so we're, we're, that's, that's what, this is what I hope that we're doing with Stanford and that we strive to do is just to tell the truth, to bring the truth first and foremost. Uh, and I know that makes me unpopular and frankly, that's okay. I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to be, um, you know, um, win awards in, in my, in my, um, in my, um, popularity. Um, and then out of that, our, uh, a second, um, um, goal is to give people the tools to not just empower themselves and to defend themselves, but to take actions to further uncover the lies. And mm -hmm. I know we've got some of those items that we'll talk about today as well. Could so, I back up and just respond to something that you said? Uh, th that sense of urgency, I had it my whole entire life. And when it was, it's, I just wanted to say when we might have been separated at birth because I had the same kind of thing when the pandemic hit, it was, I actually began to relax because I finally saw what all of that was about, what my whole life had been training me for this moment. Yeah. I actually had a ton of uh, insomnia and, uh, and I began to sleep like anything because it was like, okay, the mission's totally clear now. I see it. And to your point yeah. also about the, um, you know, we're we're fighting the same enemy that that was World War Two here in World War Three. Three, and my my great grandparents uh, in Russia were persecuted by the Bolsheviks, and I knew exactly when this started. I knew I knew that I was up against the same enemy, and that's why I had such an infusion. I actually a great deal of the healing I went through. I don't know if you know, I was uh, sick with cancer twenty years ago, told I was not going to survive, fighting for my life. And a huge part of that healing was was touching um, the experience of those ancestors, literally feeling like I went through that persecution, the, the burning of the villages, the raping of the women. You know, I don't want to get too gory about it, but I I went through it in my own healing. That was part of my own, right? Yeah, That's so your... interesting that you're saying this to me. I mean, it's 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 very different, obviously, but um, uh, in 2019. Um, I had open heart surgery and I had my aortic valve replaced. Mm 
And, and there was so much healing during that because um, when I was 14 years old, I had emergency open heart surgery for, it was supposed to be a minor procedure, but it was very new. It was cardiac catheterization, kind of like an angioplasty. And they end up tearing the valve. I had to have open heart surgery. Um, And I just, I, my, my response was, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, my whole life. And then having the surgery the second time was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta deal with this now because it's right here. I'm, I'm living it again. Interesting that you talk about ancestors because through my own healing, I actually was able to, to, to um, put forth forgiveness and understanding to my family. And I guess my ancestors, um, and understanding exactly because my grandfather was a victim of the war and he was very badly injured. He was on a ship off the coast of Africa. He was only a handful of survivors. He was in a POW camp. And obviously the man came back broken. He was an alcoholic. He was abusive to his family. And, and then through all of that, I went, oh, my God, the poor man, you know. And it's unfortunate because we live in a world or we did not so much anymore. And now we've gone too far in the other spectrum in terms of, you know, hurting people's feelings and not wanting to talk about things. But, you know, you look at that time frame and, and you didn't talk about problems. You didn't talk about things. Mm-hmm. And now we're at a point too, where it's like, well, you can't talk about it. It's going to hurt people's feelings. So we've swung too far on the spectrum, but I, I, you know, uh, obviously our, our situations are, are, are different, but I think there's a lot of similarities in what you're saying. And you're going to laugh at this, but uh, going back to, you know, um, um, uh, um, the ancestral is I'm one of those people. I'm like, I feel like I've been on this planet a million times and knowing that you're Russian, I have this infinity with Russians. It's incredible. I travel and I'm like, I'll, I'll talk to people and they speak Russian. And by the way, Beth, I don't know if you speak Russian, but I'm going to give you my Russian. <laughs> oh, very nice. My son so. learned to swear in, in Russian. He's oh. uh, yeah. And actually my ancestors are German. They came from okay. Germany. They were invited by Catherine the great to work the land because her people okay. couldn't do that. Couldn't make food out of that land. They, they were in right. famine and that's part of the persecution because they were living high on the land and uh, didn't, didn't wash well with the poverty around yeah. them. Understandably. So yeah, yeah, I still feel the Russian roots, and and interestingly, with our with our, the situation, I didn't hadn't planned to talk about this, but do you have any reflection on what's what's going on at the larger level with the, you know, the the the, the psyop war to <laughs> cloud the real war, or however? All I gotta say is, if anyone thinks that Putin is afraid of North America, i.e., Canada or the United States of America, they need to go look in the mirror and ask themselves a whole lot of questions. Um, if 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 my understanding and if if what I believe is true with what's happening in the Ukraine, this has a lot of potential to create positive change in the world. Um, Putin has for for many several years now, um, he's been protecting the citizens of his country. They are more free than we are. And anyone wants to debate that, why don't you go to Russia and find out? Mm-hmm. Um, they they have a vaccine. Um, but what that is is questionable. It's certainly not murdering their people. So that's that's another thing. They um, they're basically dominating the oil and gas in Europe. They're off the dollar onto the gold gold standard, which is why they're messing with the gold values. But are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now to believe that Yashenko, the guy wearing the tights, dancing around his high heels, the actor, is actually running that country? It's incredible. It's incredible the amount of lies. Um, and I'm sure you've probably seen too the blue and yellow conditioning that's mm-hmm. been going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's just, you know, um, which was the, the COVID colors too. Yes, right? it was. And you yeah. can see it here too in Mexico. You see the colors. I was on my bike the other day and I saw it and I was like, it's, it's, it's just incredible how deep the mind control, the mind conditioning is. Um, and you know, I don't know about you, but I cut off my TV. Mm -hmm. I actually never really had cable. I had cable when I had, when I would move it into an apartment and there was free cable, I would keep it till I got cut off. <laughs> and, and then my husband, when he moved in, we got cable. And then one day I was like, this is like, we're just watching TV all the time. So we cut off the cable about, I'll say, I'll give it, it was probably a little more than 10 years ago now, I guess maybe, but I'll give it the 10 year mark. I cleaned out the chemicals in my life. We got rid of the fluoride. I don't use, you know, regular conventional products. I make my own food. I had a, a food issue. So I'm, an, I'm actually a nutritionist. Mm. Um, so it's like, I don't, I'm not into mainstream. I never really have been. I can't stand watching movies because I see right through the nonsense. Like, it's like, I literally watch it and I'm like, I, it's like, I can give you the list of all the, the conditioning that they're, that the programming that they're doing. So my husband and I, we just don't attempt watching movies because he's like, can you just shut up and watch the movie? I'm like, no, I cannot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for that because uh, I see my you know family, my own family and, and a lot of friends. It's like, if you're watching CNN all day long, your perception of the world is going to be the polar opposite of mine. Mm -hmm. But we live in the same world. And that's what's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Just showing some of the comments in the in the chat here as well. We could probably go off and talk about that all day, uh, maybe another time <laughs> so we can preserve yes. the time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I mm -hmm. just want to comment on that. But the refugee thing, that's a okay. real concern okay. because go that's ahead. part of the global, that's part of the, the globalist plan, right? Mm -hmm. Is is that create, because it creates the monoculture. And this is the whole thing with cultural appropriation which is bullshit because what that does is it stops us from appreciating cultures and acknowledging other cultures and instead uh, creates this vanilla culture because everyone's afraid to acknowledge that someone is Japanese and you have beautiful, you know, uh, tradition in Japanese. My husband's from Laos. You know, mm -hmm. when we got married, I wore a sin. Does that make me cultural appropriation? Like, was I doing that? No, but that's this brainwashing and, and living in Toronto and I've, I've watched this happen our city was decimated. They destroyed our city. And I say that with absolute uh, conviction. They, they tore down uh, most of the city to put up these condos. And, they're, and if, if there are complete, there are many, many organizations under the UN whose, whose sole mission is to create mega urban cities. And I call them uh, uh, urban, um, urban, uh, urban uh, prisons, okay? And when you look to see the type of buildings that they're making now, which is complete garbage, it's part of the mass migration that they have planned. And it is happening all over Europe, Germany, Paris, Denmark, um, uh, all of these countries, Poland are literally, and I, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. And by the way, this has nothing to do with the newcomers because they are victims too their countries and their way of life is being destroyed by the same people that are hell bent on destroying our lives is that the, the migrants go into these countries and you've got to remember, these are traumatized, marginalized, displaced people. And that, that leads to anger, aggression, projection, all of those things. So they are victims too, but it has been happening for maybe 10 years, maybe a decade. And that's what they have planned for us. And that's exactly what's happening with Ukraine. They're just opening the floodgates with the borders. 
yet we can't travel. And maybe this is a good segue to go into the travel. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's I so could, interesting. I think you could keep going. About this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, maybe, maybe another time we can, we can focus on that. And uh, Sinchman is missing his CNN. Poor, poor thing. We're, we're crying for you. <laughs> You're unsure how to think. I love that. Yeah. So this has been a bee in my bonnet. Of course, uh, I, I've traveled what I consider to be extensively enough to have satisfied myself. I went to India eight times and um, you know, it was often for, for some kind of study or, or work, or I'm not good at just like wandering aimlessly on the beach it, that I like that, yeah. but for, only for a couple of weeks. And uh, <clears throat> so this has been, for me, I could, I could be okay. I'm grounded. And, and we do need to focus on our local communities at, at this stage too, because mm -hmm. there's something that if we don't have those, those communities in place and we're, we're really quite lost but my son, right, there's something that I can't let go of in wanting to show him the world, the expansion that takes place when you travel without any intention to have a spiritual experience, you blow yeah. open, you have to drop your conditioning, you are humbled, you're in, in somebody else's zone. And, and mm -hmm. uh, there might be times when they'll look after you. Just really quick story. I was in, on the beach in India, leaving one, speaking of the beach, leaving one little town for another little town. And I went to say goodbye to the the uh, the beach because I love that beach. So I'm walking up to the beach. Little does I, I know that somebody had hit a wooden cricket ball right this way, hit me between my eyes. Oh any, my God. Any other position, I would have been blinded. Right between my eyes, I went instantly unconscious down. I, when I came to, there was about a hundred Indian men looking down at me. They picked me up and took me to the village. They could have done anything with me at that stage of the game, but they put me in my place and they looked after me for two weeks showing up. Wow. Incredible experience. Again, humbling and, and, um, lucky you could say, but it was, it, it, that was, that was major for me. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the, I think those, that's, that's the norm of people, right? We don't hear the normal goodness of people. We only hear the crap because that's what keeps us afraid. It keeps our vibration low. It keeps, you know, keeps us withdrawn. That's what they want. But it, it, people are not inherently bad. People are inherently good. And that's exactly, yes. yeah. And, um, I've done yeah. a lot of, I've done a lot of traveling myself. Uh, and a lot of solo traveling and you know you want to get humbled go to a developing country go do it alone and you will come back a changed person 100 percent. there you go yeah 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 beautiful yeah. so on that right. travel on mm -hmm. the travel note yes. <laughs> so i'm in mexico i've traveled down here three times uh since the restrictions so i the first time I came down, so my husband and I came down in October, but they, there was no restrictions like to leave. When we came back, of course, we um, we were supposed to do PCR tests, quarantine, all of that. We did not do that. And I, I don't answer their questions. I tell them, absolutely not. I answer your questions. I take the tickets. By the way, my husband and I have $32,000 in tickets. Do I care? No. And why do I not care? Canadian Bill of Rights. Canadian Bill of Rights and... Uh, so I'm, I'm waiting patiently for my, my trial date, but that, I haven't received that yet. Mm -hmm. And then I came down on- And December. obviously no jab. I just have to uh, jump no, in. No, 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 I'm, so, I'm no. So I'm not vaccinated. I won't, like, you'd have to hold me down and mm -hmm. kicking it. You'd have to sedate me because I call it going orangutan. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I will go. I, I'm, I, so being a nutritionist, 
Um, I'm I'm very much I I'm not I'm not pro vaccine of any kind. How's that? Mm -hmm. There's no evidence to support that a single vaccine actually works. Mm -hmm. There's never been control mm -hmm. proper control groups. There's never been a double blind blind placebo. So how do you know it works? Mm -hmm. And just I'm, in case the um, the algorithms are searching for keywords, try to go jab or yes, sorry, a poison sorry. injection. That's yes, okay. Yes, yeah. I, I forget about that sometimes. That's okay. I'll do the jabby jab. Um, so, <laughs> and and I, I'm actually like I'm 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 not pro pharma. How's that? I'm not pro pharma. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I when I when I had my surgery, this is this is me. Okay, after I had my I just had open heart surgery. I just had my valve replaced. I'm waking up from the anesthetic. And apparently I asked my family for the ingredient list of the <laughs> whatever drugs they gave me. I wanted the ingredient list. I don't remember asking this, but apparently I muttered ingredients. <laughs> like, She's going to be okay, guys. She's going to be okay. <laughs> so anyway, so no jabby jab. Um, so my husband came down in December and he's not, he's not, he's, he's not coming back until he has to. He's, he's done with it. It's been mm -hmm. very difficult for him and it's been, you know, hard on his um, uh, mental health. And you know what? We got one life to live. Let's live it. So I came down in December. I went through Detroit um, and that was a lot of firsts for me. Number one, I've never driven more than two hours in a car. So I drove to Detroit. I've never crossed a border by myself in a car. So that was a big thing for me. And like, I was so nervous and I'm like, okay, God, take the wheel. Whatever you got planned for me, I'll deal with it. No questions asked. Guy wasn't wearing a mask. I wasn't wearing a mask. Asked a few random questions. See you later. Have a good day. Off I went. I flew on Spirit Airlines. No problem. Uh, when I came back, I flew back um, on uh, Frontier Airlines. They did ask me about the jabby jab. And I had to say no because I don't have any documents. And I said, well, no, I'm not. But I said, you guys told me I didn't have to show it. So why are you asking me now? And they were like, he didn't even answer me. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm staying in Mexico. And then he gave me my boarding pass. And I just took it and off I went. Um, then uh, this is kind of just actually, this is a good story because this does prove that um, you can get an exemption from the airline. So uh, the second time I flew, um, I flew, um, I had a, 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 a ticket booked on um, Air Transat and I was supposed to change it <laughs> to like a much, much later date. I was being optimistic. Anyway, I forgot to change it because I was in Ottawa messing around and busy with the truckers. And uh, and then when I went to change it, it was too late. So I thought, okay, I've got this ticket. I can't waste it. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to the airport and see if, like, I'll see what happens. And if they deny me boarding, then uh, maybe I'll get myself arrested. Like, maybe I'll just be like, I'm not leaving and get myself arrested. It is a, it is a uh, federally regulated airport. So it is a government, it's a, pro a public building because it's now it maybe privately owned, but it has a federal committee. Okay. Once that federal committee is involved, it makes it a public domain. Hmm. So, but a project manager is prepared for all scenarios. So at four o'clock in the morning, I threw a bunch of stuff in my bag, grabbed my passport, left the key on the, on the table for a roommate who's staying in our apartment. She's taken over our apartment for us. And drove, I took a lift to the airport and I said to the lift guy, you know, I might have missed my flight. Meaning, well, really, I might not get on my flight. So maybe you want to wait, like, you know, if you don't get a call, wait for me. So I go up to the counter. I thought for sure I'd missed my flight because I was very late. They're still there. 
So I go up and I said, you know, it gave him my, my, my uh, passport. And then she asked me for proof of the jabby jab. And I was like, well, I don't have that. I'm not. And then I couldn't hear anything she was saying. She's got a master's plexiglass. I can't hear her. She's talking to me and I'm just like, I don't hear you. And then she gave me my boarding pass. And I was like, what just happened? Yeah. So I said, okay, so is the deal that you just ask? And if they say no, it's okay. Is that what's going on? She's like, no, you have to have it. I finally was like, well, I'm confused. I'm not, how am I getting on this plane right now? And she said, well, the, the airline granted you an exemption. The exemption was for my mask. I have a mask exemption, ah. but they didn't, they, these seem like young girls and they didn't quite know what was going on. So no, so they asked me why I wasn't wearing a mask, but then they didn't ask me anything further because I think I suspect being someone who works in IT and knowing that these types of systems are very old and outdated, I suspect on the back end, there's only one option for exemption because when they designed it, when they put it in there, it was probably not easy to retrofit this new exemption into this legacy system. This is my guess. And it just says exemption. <laughs> and then I went, okay. And off I went. Mm -hmm. And then I called my husband. It was like this time it's like six o'clock in the morning. He's still sleeping. He has no idea. I'm like, uh, so I'll see you in a couple hours. He's like, what? And I tell him, he's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, yeah, we'll <laughs> see you in a couple of hours. <laughs> and then I flew here, which then I could only stay for five days because I had so much stuff to do in Toronto. So I flew back to Canada. Uh, you don't get asked anything until you arrive in Canada. And so they, they, he asked me, you know, for my arrive can. I said, no, I'm not doing that. And he asked me why not. I said, because this is my phone, unless the government gives me a phone, then I'll put government applications on my personal device. I own it. Okay, public health, no problem. So I went and talked to public health and, yeah, you know, I said, well, I got to be honest, I'm not going to answer any of your questions because violation of my rights. So, you know, just write, write the tickets, do what you got to do. And uh, he was actually very nice about it. And then mm -hmm. he, he, he gave me the arrive can app, uh, arrive can sheet to fill out. So I was like, okay, I'll fill it out. All I did was fill out the personal information and that was it because it's fraudulent. I said to him, I can't fill this out because it says here that there's an emergency order. There is no emergency order. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me show you. I said, no, no, that's ordering council. That's not an emergency order. So long story short, uh, no, I'll get back onto that. I'll go back onto that. So then, um, I was like, you know what? I want to come to Mexico for my birthday. I'm going to go through Buffalo. So I drove down to Buffalo. I went over the Lexington bridge, I think is what it's called. Didn't get asked any questions. The guy wasn't wearing a mask. I wasn't wearing a mask. Off I went. No problems. Of course, um, when I go home, much like the last three times I've crossed, or the last two times, I do expect to get a ticket. I was given $14,000 in tickets at one go at the Detroit crossing, the Ambassador Bridge, because um, I wouldn't answer questions. I was not wearing a mask, even though I have an exemption. I actually have a doctor's note. Um, so she gave me $14,000 in tickets. And then when I go back, I'm suspect I'm, I'm expecting I'll get another $66,000 ticket plus the um, $1,000 ticket, um, which I'm not concerned about that. But yeah, so the mm -hmm. emergency back to the emergencies act, um, sorry, the uh, it's a quarantine act. It's section 58, which is an um, emergency order. The emergency order requires governor and council, much like the emergencies act. Governor and council is not a singular, singular minister, nor is it the governor general. It's the federal cabinet. 
So we're doing some work to figure out, um, was there a debate in parliament? Was there a governor and council decision to um, declare this um, order in council, which is an emergency order? As we just saw what happened in Ottawa, it's a huge kerfuffle when you invoke the Emergencies Act. As a matter of fact, it's never been invoked before. So what exactly, what emergency has been declared? There's been no national pub, uh, uh, federal emergency and the Quarantine Act is federal. So how is it that there's an order in council, emergency order? So this is my big thing right now um, that, that I'm investigating for myself because I, I, because of what happened in the Emergencies Act, which is really a blessing in disguise, we now see that the Quarantine Act, the Emergencies Act, the interim orders for um, the vaccine. Uh, and there was another one. How do I have this? All of these acts were implemented without governor and council, even though it states in them that it requires governor and council. So were they all, we know the Emergencies Act was invoked. It was actually declared illegally. It was never invoked, it was declared. <laughs> but now it appears that the Quarantine Act has uh, the interim order under the Quarantine Act was invoked illegally, not unlawfully, illegally. Mm. And that, uh, and I need to do some more digging on this. The interim order for the authorization of the vaccines also states governor and council. So there's a whole lot of stuff that needs a real deep dive. Um, and now here's one that's that to be in my bonnet, I don't believe Mary Simon was, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We call that <sighs> appointed. Um, yes. A appointed. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that her, she was, um, she was, there was due process when she was inaugurated. I literally been watching the videos and there's a distinct difference between Julie Payette uh, her um, swearing in and with Mary Simon. I also think that Mary Simon, there's a there's a big fat lie with Mary Simon because now I'm old enough to remember learning about the fur trading, Hudson's Bay fur trading, okay? We learned that in school and mm -hmm. I, I somehow retained some of that. Mary Simon on the government website and actually in her um, swearing in speech, she claims that her father was a fur trader. Beth, do you know when fur trader, the last fur trading post ended in Canada? A lot longer than she's saying. A lot longer for, if, so she's saying that her dad managed a fur trade post. Well, if he was a manager, one must assume that he would have to be more senior in his years, right? They ended in 1878 or 1879. Her dad would have had to be 70 year old, years old when she was born. But now you factor in the fact that he was a manager, she, there's no way. It's not mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if that big fat lie is sitting there for all of us to see, then there are a bunch of other lies. And now if we can show, if we can get the evidence in front of a court to say, this is wrong, this is illegal. And now I do recognize that there is a level of corruption in the courts. However, when we go into the courts using the right tool, it removes that ability for the judge to exercise that corruption. And of course, 
The tool that allows that is the Charter of Rights. And mm -hmm. the tool that prevents that is the Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, just going back to something you said earlier that you believe people are basically good. And, and I phrase that is in that if you give a person a chance to do good, they often will. Yes. And to me, this is, yes. So yes, there's corruption out there. And to me, it's a psyop to say like, it's all corrupted because I've heard way too many stories of, of judges just recognizing a person who, you know, is a grown up and takes responsibility and knows the law and states it, you know, you can, you can see there, there's a meeting of the minds in, in that case. And that wouldn't happen with somebody who, you know, they just take out a gun and blow your head off or whatever, if they were truly psychopathic. And so, yeah. Yeah, so this is um, this is something. And do you mind if we turn to a couple of the comments in the in the chat as yeah, well? Absolutely. Just curious, yeah, absolutely. Curious to hear what you would say. Um, so th this uh, from Twenty Four Revealer. Maybe Amanda actually just answered it, but uh, you better hope those tickets are federal if you think you're going to use the Bill of Rights. So that they obviously don't know you <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> very well. Anyway. Okay. So well, he's saying. This person is saying they heard that they, they are provincial tickets and the Bill of Rights doesn't apply. So they heard that. So we'll clarify mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So um, I actually just use the Bill of Rights in my provincial offenses. Okay. So I have three uh, violating reopening Ontario Act offenses for protesting and arresting the mayor. And um, my charges were just withdrawn um, on Tuesday. I used the Bill of Rights uh, when I went in for my judicial pretrial. And I've also used my the Bill of Rights in the separate. So I've got I had two try a uh, two two different um, summons. So one mm -hmm. was two offenses in one, and then the other summons was for uh, a Niagara arrest the mayor. And guess what? No one in that court told me I couldn't do it, and I got my charges dropped on one of them. And uh, I'm actually just updating a a, a beautiful um, article that Jane has written about the Bill of Rights. And there are three pieces of case law that we have found that ties the Bill of Rights to um, federal matter. So, sorry, it ties Bill of Rights to the enforcement of law using force. Under Section 25 of the Criminal Code of Canada, mm -hmm. there's a section in there for use of force for law enforcement, which applies to police, everybody, and me. So say I'm a business owner and you come into my business and I tell you, well, Beth, you're not wearing a mask. Leave my store. That is me exercising law enforcement, enforcement of by violation. Uh, sorry, bill. Uh, sorry, by, uh, enforcement of regulation three six four slash twenty. Okay. So now I am acting as law enforcement and through use of force by me now trespassing you and forcing you out of my business. That is law enforcement using force, which is section twenty five of the Criminal Code of Canada, which is federal which now makes me a public officer, which means that now I am federally regulated in that capacity and therefore I must adhere to the Canadian Bill of Rights. And again, we have three pieces of case law. Two are regarding breathalyzers. One was a breathalyzer, a guy who got, was requested to do a breathalyzer and he said, no, I want to speak to my lawyer. And they said, nope, you're refusing, we're gonna charge you. He appealed that and he won using the Bill of Rights. Another, man, another uh, case, um, a gentleman who was in, a, in an accident and they wanted to do a breathalyzer on the spot and he refused, um, he was subsequently charged, then he appealed that using the Bill of Rights. Now remember, these are provincial matters, okay? Using the Bill of Rights and it was determined uh, that he, uh, he won his appeal because he would have been 
perhaps paralyzed if he had done the breathalyzer. He had a very bad neck injury. And another one, this is Jane's favorite. It's the um, use of force for applying the Trespass Act at Toronto Pearson Airport. It was a, a security guard um, who was uh, used, used, put his hand on, uh, they're called scoopers. Scoopers are taxi drivers who, um, without proper authorization, go into the airports and try and get people to go into their taxis. It's, they're not allowed to do that. And this man had been trespassed by the airport several times. He was not allowed to be there. Um, and uh, the security guard put his hand on his shoulder to escort him out. Um, and uh, the, the man, the, the security guard was found to have that, sorry, it was determined in the court ruling under Section 25, use of force um uh is federally regulated under the criminal code of canada it's tying it all together it's not a direct application where it says use of force in law enforcement is you know you have to follow the bill of rights but it's tying uh civilian use of force to for law enforcement being federally regulated under section 25 of the criminal code that is how you tie it together and it's been successful i can give you Dave Freedom had his charges dropped. Keely Turner had her charges dropped. Kim Rydell had her charges dropped. Nick Smith had his charges dropped. I had my charges dropped. Uh, who else? A girl out in PEI had her charges dropped. There are many people that are using the Bill of Rights for provincial matters. It's again, you need to understand how to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tying it into the criminal code yeah, that is at I, the federal level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, in that same vein, here's something you have to know about the Charter of Rights. You can't just use the Charter of Rights in the courts. You have to invoke it. You mm -hmm. have to apply to use it in a court of competent jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. So whereas the Bill of Rights, you can use just like you're using case law, um, which, by the way, and I'm sure we'll, we'll perhaps get into this, but when you're using the Charter, when you invoke the Charter, you are allowing the judge to disregard case law, i.e. common law, because we live in a common law country, and legislation giving a judge sole discretion and decision-making and the judge is appointed by the government. So it doesn't seem like it's, you're going to get a fair deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you for that. Um, this is a, a tiny bit of an aside, but an interesting comment. Nonetheless, that men are in general are under attack. That's the whole inspiration behind the King hero's journey, by the way, I love, I love women and I, I work for women, but I did realize how badly I was brainwashed by that. Um, and consider myself a recovering feminist for it. Um, and so, yeah. uh, you know, at least since 1917, one of the reasons <clears throat> for the crisis is the war bonds and loans coming to maturity, women's rights lease matured in 2020 or so. Is there anything you'd want to uh, say about that? I, I'm not, I don't, I can't answer yeah. any of that, but I will <clears throat> tell you this, feminism is a bunch of bullshit. Here's the thing. It has completely destroyed the family unit. And now women yes. not only go to work and bust their asses all day, but they still come home and do the laundry and cook and clean and take care of the children. Or they mm -hmm. don't actually, one mm -hmm. of the two. Mm -hmm. And that's- or, they force, or worse, they, they force the men to be more feminine. Oh, that's, I mean, look at media. Look at media. I mean, men are, men uh, have been completely emasculated, uh, even from my generation. Uh, and women have been hyper-emasculated. You know, women are now the ones that, you see them on the cut. Well, I do box, so <laughs> you got great, great uh, biceps there. To talk. Love but, it. Uh, but um, 
But it, absolutely. And I get very offended when I hear people say toxic masculinity, excuse me, it's actually toxic femininity is what it is. And feminism is a bunch of bullshit. And I'll tell you, after working in my industry for so many years, in, in, in the ad agency world, it is dominated by women. So mm-hmm. stop with the nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, and- no, exactly. What people are calling to- toxic masculinity, masculinity is actually the to- toxic feminine, not, yes. not in women, in, in the men. That's part of the training. We won't go mm. so, so deep into it right now, but this is something I studied intensively or wrote about it in my book, which I like to flash any chance I can get. <laughs> Working through the archetypes of the hero's journey and seeing how men and women do that journey very differently, even though it's identical and and perfectly so, right? Like we're 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 so meant to to do it in complement with each other. Yeah. Um, one last comment that gets us more, a little bit more on topic. I'd refrain from creating joinder in regards to tickets and tell the judge, administrators, referees, uh, so too via recommend certified mail if the cop forces a ticket on you. So is, is this a, uh, any myths in here to dispel in terms of that joinder and the no contract thing? Oh, that- I would. If you do that, you're just going to end up paying your ticket. Mm-hmm. sooner uh, or later yeah right? when you go to renew your license they're going to go yeah you owe five thousand dollars six thousand exactly. dollars that's why they want that's this is why they ask for your license number when you get your ticket and mm-hmm. if you do rescind and we've actually had to help people who mm-hmm. did rescind and then they got they got themselves in trouble mm-hmm. um what you there 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 is the um for the tickets as you know amanda reading um had the has the promissory estoppel which is a bit different uh, but I am certainly not going to suggest that anyone return their tickets and, and rescind and do, do those types of things because you could end up in a situation where, like I said, you go to re- renew your ticket or sorry, your, your um, driver's license in particular with these $6,000 tickets. I mean, like I said, I've got myself, I've got $26,000 in tickets. I am not going to hold on to those. I'm going to send them into the courts. And besides that, I want to kick their asses. Like I want to go into court and be like, you don't have the right to ask for my information. Mm-hmm. You do not have the right to tell me what to do. You do not have the right to stop me from leaving my country or entering my country. You don't have authority over me. And, and you touched on this earlier. And I know, I know that a lot of people don't want to play in that game. But here's the thing. Okay, Blue Sky, this is the thing. When you get into the conversation of a driver's license is not required, this is where you have to understand. Because I know I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. But here's why that driver's license is required. Because if you get into an accident with somebody and they mess up your car and they mess up your body and you don't know who they are, you could get yourself into some trouble here. And I, I know that the answer is, but I'm a good person. Well, you may be a good person, but there are a lot of people who are not good people. And even with the rules that we do have, the rules of the framework that we do have, you know what? People still do shitty things. Even though, you know, hit and run is a, is still happens, even though they know they're going to get caught. So this is an example of where there are, there are times when we need these things in place. Also, you're using the road when you're in a car. You're using the hospital system. You're using these systems. They have to be paid for in some way. Do I think we should be paying income taxes? Absolutely not. I actually think it's unlawful. And you know what? We can't find the royal assent for the Taxation Act or the excise tax act we can't find rural assent is it lawful i don't know but i'm not uh i'm, I'm going to make it very clear whatever your opinion is and whatever you want to do that's great i am not going to get into free man stuff that is actually disempowering from my humble perspective that is disempowering because 
if you did that, then you would have nothing. Because what are you going to do if you have nothing, you know, no tools to fight back with? And creating your own system is a lovely idea. However, we've got 34 million people in Canada. How, pray tell, are you going to get 34 million people in Canada to agree to a new constitution and to create one in a timely fashion? Uh, no proof on those bonds, not a single proof of evidence on those bonds. We do have somebody, we have two people, actually a couple people who are working on providing evidence on those bonds. But as of right now, we do not have any evidence that the bonds actually work. I'm not saying they do or they don't. I'm very evidence-based, no evidence at this point. There is a guy that I know, I know there's more people, I've talked to a few people, but there's a guy I know, he started the process. I've asked him to keep me in the loop and see where it goes to see if it actually can be a tool that we can use. But here's the thing, if you wanna do Freeman, you do Freeman, go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna do what I'm doing and I'm going to promote what I'm doing because that's the thing that works for me and resonates with me. And we're seeing some results for that. Mm -hmm. So that's my little rant on that. Yeah, again, it's not not academic because all of this other stuff, it, it does sound right. There's logic in it, it, it and it could be right. But but you, you want to actually make a difference and not just get out of your own ticket or not just, you know, that's just save it. That's, yourself. that's not solving. The, that's exactly that's not solving the problem. And this is. Mm -hmm. And I'm, this isn't going to make me popular. And I know that it's like the same thing with creating a new system. So what, you're just going to leave everyone behind to suffer. Mm -hmm. Like I, it mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. And also if we don't fix the problem, they're not going to let us, you think that these Satanist evil pedophores, cause that's what they are. Let's be real here are going to let us just live in our fantasy land over here. Absolutely not. They want us dead. Let's be real. This is a genocide. Yes. And so they're, they're not just going to allow, oh, let's just let them have their hospital over there and their education system over there. That is not what they have planned. That is not at all what they have planned. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe that our, our best defense now is to use the system against them, use it against them and hold these people accountable on a personal level. I'm not, we will never promote suing the government because good luck with that. You're not going to win. Uh, and uh, we don't promote class action lawsuits. You're not going to get very far. Again, if a judge is appointed, the class action has, it's too open. It can go on for decades. It, it's, it's got a lot of problems. It's, it's very expensive. Um, the defense can put through an unlimited number of motions. They get to choose the judge when they do motions. All of these things. Small claims court is a different ball game. And it's only $35,000. You don't need a lawyer. It costs $105 to file. And it, and it gets wrapped up in two years. So these are the things that we have proposed. And for, for the travel restriction, because I know we kind of went off a little bit. With the travel restriction, um, we have the templates. So we, we've created, it's basically a notice of liability template with all of the associated forms with it. Um, that anyone, and we want everybody to participate in this, which is to take Omar Algabar, the man, uh, sorry, the living human soul, and the man acting as transport minister, okay? The reason we want to do the man acting as transport minister is so that we can get him into the courts and serve the papers to his constituency office. Otherwise we would have to serve to his home and I am not gonna give out any of that man's 
um, personal home address, whether I have it or not, because I am not going to be responsible for, I'm sure there's some people that would really like to hurt that man. So I can't do that. Um, so then we found this workaround. Just sharing the screen, if that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Your page there. Yeah. So um, this actually, geez, I just realized I haven't updated this. We were going to do a judicial review and we decided that we're not going to do a judicial review okay. because- this is something that we can all do quite easily, um, which is the um, a travel uh, lawsuit against Omar. And I think we have 6,000 people who have signed up. And so we have the, the templates together. Mm-hmm. What we're doing right now is packaging it all up so that it's easy, as easy to use as possible because there are steps, right? And so... Um, um, you have to, uh, you have to follow these steps. You have to do these things and it's different for each province, blah, blah, blah. So we're packaging all of that up because what the goal is for everybody to do is to do the lawsuit together within a time frame. So let's say April 4th to, I think, uh, the 9th, whatever the seventh, whatever it is in that time frame. And that's not the real date, but in that time frame, as many Canadians across the country as possible, because it's a federal matter and each person can do it in their province. And we file the small claims uh, uh, case. And guess what? Omar's only got 20 days to respond to each and every single one of them. Mm. And if he doesn't respond to one, he loses. And if he loses one, he's lost them all. Uh Uh-huh. Right. 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 Yes. Right. So Mm -hmm. we're not, we aren't going to court to get money because Mm -hmm. this is not about money. And if Mm -hmm. anybody thinks this is about money in any capacity, you need to go somewhere else because this is about saving our country. This is about the future of our country. This is the future of the planet. Canada has become the poster child for the United Nations and for the World Economic Forum. Thanks to Harper and Trudeau infiltrating the cabinet for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. Let's, be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, due process and coming after them on the ground floor because that's how this started. Mm-hmm. It started in City Hall. That's another thing that we can perhaps talk about. I'll make a note of that. Yeah, before we jump over, I have something that <clears throat> how convenient to demonize the the system that we have so that it's baby in the bathwater, you do nothing with it. Uh, you know, and we know we banged our brains out in in the private, noticing the crap out of uh, everybody, including Mary Simon, up the chain, and uh, got no results. They they of course they acquiesce, they you know, and all of this stuff that that seems to be good, but in the end, that they just keep rolling their agenda along. And um, so, what was I going to say here about the about the court system? That if if you never, and this is the this is I'm having uh, Amanda reading I think I've been saying her saying her name wrong she hasn't corrected me but uh, and Alphonse Fasciolo on one week today Friday April 6th to talk about this and this is exactly Alphonse's point is that they are breaking their own laws and need to be taken to task for that because yes right we've become children that just like oh whatever oh another insult another assault yep and Mm. when you when you say I'm just going to exit the system you're letting them off the hook as far as I'm concerned they need if 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 they're if we have a set of rules, they're not above the law either. And mm-hmm. we have the tools to do that. We mm-hmm. have to be creative. 
And, mm -hmm. but you know what, first and foremost, we have to educate ourselves. We have to read and understand because even the word mandate, mandate is not a law. Mm -hmm. That's an offer to contract. You don't have to do it. And once you do it, you agree to it. And how many people out there have, you guys, are you, I, I, I see the comments here. I see the comments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of them very engaged. Yeah. Love it. Um, and um, so, uh, again, I, I don't want any of these guys to get off the hook. I want them, I want the world to see what they've done. And, uh, you know, have you, have you seen the Netflix film, Don't F With Cats? No, should I? Because that's who we are right now. So don't F with cats is it's a, it's a group of uh, internet friends to some capacity, I guess, who solved the mystery, uh, sorry, solved the murder of, um, I forgot the guy's name now, the guy in Montreal who, he was a gay man, he, he consumed his friend and left him in the dumpster and they found him in the dumpster and then it turned out he was a serial murderer. Anyway. These people, they, they solved the murder. So he had killed some other people in other countries. And um, uh, they solved the murder through their online network. Okay, they pieced it all together. They notified the Montreal police and they went, shut up. And then he killed another guy and they were like, holy shit, these guys were right. So now there's a Netflix movie called Don't F With Cats. Obviously the full word is, is, more, is, is needed there. And I'm like, that's who we are. You can because swear. <laughs> yeah, okay, don't fuck with cats. Don't fuck with cats. Because that's who we are, because this was just a group of people doing their thing, and they ended up solving a, mis a murder, and they were right. And you know what? Don't underestimate you. And that's what I feel like this free man does. It's underestimating the power that you have, because rather than fixing it, you're, you're absolving yourself of it. And that's not how I play. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a head-on person. Mm -hmm. I want, I want accountability. This isn't revenge, but no, mm -hmm. you did wrong. Now you need to be held accountable so we can fix it because it needs to be mm -hmm. fixed. Yeah. And we can't just walk away from the system because you're going to walk away from everybody left in it. Uh, I'm not, that doesn't sit well with me. No, so. exactly. And that's the King Hero part, right? It's not enough just to solve your own problems. And I, otherwise, I, you'd find me on the beach. That's where I would be <laughs> just enjoying making sandcastles and having fun, right? Yeah. It, yeah. So we're doing something different here because until everybody gets it, nobody gets it, or at least everybody who wants it gets it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because there's, it, you don't find peace in that. There's no, there's no actual purpose or true healing that will happen for you alone it's exactly yeah yeah i mean the work has to be done for you first you know right that's yeah, how you exactly. help others put your seatbelt on right put, or not your seatbelt the oxygen mask <laughs> yeah, always exactly. put on the oxygen mask but yeah. um it's it's the same for me and and uh we were talking a little bit about that earlier and it's um and i i look back on on, on all of the things in my life and it's like that rebellious attitude was for what's happening right now Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. again, you know, the t-shirt, here comes trouble. <laughs> exactly. And, and so sorry, that's why I'm here. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to uh, shout out to Sharon Richardson, who's on, uh, who I love very much. If I, if I, there's the right Sharon <laughs> and she's saying it, it, she's been trying to share it speaking of Sharon, uh, but it won't let me. And I've heard many reports from people that this is being shadow banned. So this, I just want to point out how beautiful it is that it's growing organically anyway. Right. Yeah. Even though it's being oh, pushed man. down, isn't that a sign? Right. 
You know, I feel like the more they do it, the bigger it grows. Because mm -hmm. when you, oppression always leads to rebellion. And when they're, they're oppressing the information, and also yeah. how do you stop it now? You got MeWe, you got Gab, you got Telegram, you got this, you got that. The cat's out of the bag. It is. And we, mm -hmm. and like, when even now, I, um, there was an article um, in the National Post, was it? Basically saying uh, that the senators are being bombarded with emails and letters asking them about the World Economic Forum. And, oh, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll jump into that next, actually, because I think you'll like that. Um, I'll make a note because it'll be a segue for us. Um, okay. Asking them, uh, you know, uh, about the World Economic Forum and United Nations and, you know, uh, you know the GBLI is going to, you know, you guys are going to implement uh, um policies around forced vaccinations and of course now it's on mainstream media what does that mean getting under their skin getting under exactly our victory is unstoppable 100 <laughs> percent mm -hmm. that's yeah. it so yeah. great all right i'll so stop interrupting you <laughs> so why don't we jump into the ubi letter which is on the um home page okay sounds good give me a minute and to get that up yeah, and we'll go to the, the drive because we'll look at the letter that we have for the MPs that we've drafted, which is for Bill um, Bill C-223. Mm -hmm. So this is, yeah, this little section here. Bill C-223, yeah, mm -hmm. um, by the way, that's the uh, Skull and Bones number, 322. Skull and Bones number, is that what they call it? Well, you know, the Skull and Bones, the um, Freemasons, the Illuminati, uh, um, I think it's Yale has the Skull and Bones um, Society. Uh, um, Bush, Bush was part of that. Bush Senior. Um, it's also my birthday, by the way, three two two. So I'm always uh, like, oh, I'm like, I've got a Satan number. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, they so took these, all the good things, including the numbers. Well, you know, but we can take them right back too, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh well, happy birthday to your hus husband, Renee. <laughs> So uh, Bill uh, C-223 was put forward by a woman named Leah Gazan. Gazan, Gazan. Uh, she's from Winnipeg. She's an MP. And guess what? She's part of the UN. Shocker. Mm -hmm. Surprise, so if you, surprise. If you click on where it says click here, mm -hmm. and then we'll go to, um, we'll go to uh, the letter because I'd like you guys to see the questionnaire. So we're at the bottom where it says click here to the letter, just the last little paragraph there. Yeah, it's not going to let me do it this way. So I just have to change oh, up the... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tried that, yeah. but uh, yeah. we'll give okay. it another... Yeah, and then um, I always tell him happy Skull and Bones Day. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That reminds me of the, um, the form you fill out when you come into the country is a, a tombstone document. It is? Yeah, that's that name of your declaration of the of oh, your goods, it? and it's it's a tombstone, uh, something tombstone form. Oh, I think. Interesting. I know. Interesting. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. I think I've got the right one now. It's. Um, yeah. So if you open open the letter, the questionnaire, I think it's number two. Okay. Yeah, and then um, this is the letter. Is it going to open for you? Ah, uh, darn, I have to share the screen again. I don't know what, why. Oh, you might have to download it first. Sorry about that. I should have just okay. sent it to you. Because uh, I would love for people to see the questionnaire. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> this is a letter, again, you're going to send it to your local MP and it's, it's uh, outlining the concerns of Bill C-223. Now there's also Bill S-233, that's a Senator's bill. It's the exact same thing, by the way. It's the exact same bill, but one is going through the House and one is going through the Senate. The reason we're going after the one through the House is because we elect the MPs, right? We don't elect the Senate, they're, Senate, they're appointed. It may be made up of MPs, but we don't appoint them, Trudeau does. So we mm -hmm. wanna go after the MPs to say like, I'm your constituent, you work for me, and uh, you're, you're, if you vote on this, I'm coming after you, and I'm going to tell everyone what you did. And yeah, there we go. You're at the right place here? Or I'm yep. at the right place? Yep, yep. yep. Uh, okay. And so this is the meat and potatoes. Mm -hmm. Let me just make my screen a little bigger so I can see this. Mm -hmm. There we go. So this is the meat and potatoes of this letter, okay? Mm -hmm. So you're basically saying to them, like, I'm, you know, I'm concerned about this bill, um, and uh, you know, we're, we're addressing the fact that it's aligning with the Agenda 2030, um, and that the UN Sustainability Goals is to reduce the world's population by 90% in the next 10 years mm -hmm. at a rate of 10 to 15% per year. Mm -hmm. So we're telling them, we know. We know what this is. Mm -hmm. And now you know we know. Yeah, and, and you know, there are, there, not all of them are aware, I know that, but there mm -hmm. are many, as we know, who are infiltrated. And so we're, and we're, we're also addressing the fact that, look, if you are allowing these policies to be made, so this is a federal bill that's implemented at the provincial and municipal levels. And then um, the, the, uh, the province and the municipalities, at the end of every year, they're going to get together and they're going to develop policies around these social programs, which is, you know, education, health, EI, blah, blah, blah. So we're already seeing that EI, um, the EI is being denied for people who've been, um, uh, who haven't taken the vaccine. And by the way, fun fact, guys, EI is federally a federal um, social program. So guess what applies here? Canadian Bill of Rights. And guess yeah. what? It's discrimination. It's not equality of the law. It's not protection of the law. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be putting together a, a, an action for those who are being denied EI and going after the people who are denying you because they're government agents on the federal level. They're federally regulated. Therefore, they must adhere to the Canadian Bill of Rights as well. Mm -hmm. Just an aside. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So this is the letter, and you're saying to them, "Look, uh, you know, you're elected by the people. You work for the people, not the UN, not the WF. Here. So mm -hmm. here's the fun part. Let's skip down. Let's skip down to the questionnaire." And if we back up just a tiny bit, so there's been people in my world and, and they're not anymore because they don't love me, but uh, the thing <laughs> that UBI, the universal basic income is a great thing. So do you want to back up a little bit and, and talk about the philosophy of that? Because, you know, is it, is it just that people don't want to work? Now we do live in slave society here and it's even turned to servitude, the, the, the legal definition yeah. of servitude where you can't work without be complying, right? Well, and, this is what's mm -hmm. this is what's happened for the past two years. Mm -hmm. We're going to take away your business. Mm -hmm. We're going to take away your jobs, but mm -hmm. we're going to throw you a bone. Right. You know. So, say someone that's used to making uh, five thousand dollars a month, eight thousand dollars a month. Oh, we're going to give you two. But mm -hmm. here's the here's the problem with that. Mm -hmm. It's also caused issues with uh, small businesses because places like Tim Hortons and McDonald's and uh, small businesses, restaurants, they can't hire staff or they couldn't because of CERB. Right. So when they could, when they could reopen, then they were understaffed because why would this, why would you go back to work for Tim Hortons when you were making more money on CERB? 
-hmm. And that's by design because that crushes small business. Exactly. It's, it's it crushes like, your will. It crushes your will. It crushes the small, it crushes the ability of the, of the, um, the owners to hire and therefore operate. Um, it does demoralize people because it's creating a welfare state. It's not creating a, a fair income state. It's creating a welfare state. And how has welfare worked out for anybody? It's demoralizing. Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing. It's demoralizing. And then the thing is, now you're dependent on it. Now the jobs are gone. It's just like the Walmart phenomenon, okay? Walmart goes into a small town, and it happened. I'm from Belleville, and Walmart destroyed our town. Walmart goes into the town, kills the downtown core, kills the competition, and then the prices go up, and what are you going to do now? There's no competition left. Mm -hmm. So it's the same concept, right? And and now what they I mean, they've just the government has just proved that through a rinky dinky bylaw, they can uh, they can uh, control the population. People close their businesses without even fighting. They just threw their hands up. Okay, but if all the businesses said no, it would never have happened, right? Exactly. So here's the fun part: the questionnaire. Mm -hmm. Question number one. Can I, I interrupt you one more time? I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. No, the, go ahead. This to me looks like a notice uh, to admit. It's, we want them to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by law, because they're MPs and they're, they're voted in, they're elected by the people, they have three months to answer the question. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, we will assume the answers and we will publish them. Mm -hmm. Three months, that's quite a long time. Yeah, unfortunately it is. But this is only the first reading, so we have time. Yeah. We do have time. This, right. Both of these bills, uh, actually the Senate bill may be in the second reading, but also we're asking people to copy the senators on this as well, as well as the there's a special um, a special committee because whenever um, uh, the, the Emergency Act is invoked, there, need, there needs to be a, um, um, uh, a special committee, a senator committee. So that's happening right now. So we also want to email them to be like, we know what's going on. We see. We're not stupid. So answer the questions. Um, <laughs> pulling a bit of a Pierre Polivier. Could never say the means last name. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, Amanda's throwing some good stuff in the chat here too, talking about the Genetic Non-Discrimination Act, which mm -hmm. is Bill S-201. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, so, okay, so going back to this questionnaire, again, uh, sure, the point- I, I can't yeah, resist. Yeah, <laughs> so Sharon also said uh, that, um, you know, we, so why are we paying into a EI in the first place? I mean, well, that's a good question. And it's too late for people that have already paid into it. You can opt out of EI. You can opt out of EI. Mm -hmm. You'll never get it, but you can opt out. But what? who would have thought that prior to 2021, actually? Mm -hmm. Who would ever have thought that they would have done this to us, right? But that's a mm -hmm. great question. I mean, from my perspective, why are we giving the government any of our money when they're committing genocide on us. I'm not, I don't want to fund genocide, right? but I am not telling anyone to not pay their taxes because I do not want anyone to have their assets frozen or taken or any of that stuff. So mm -hmm. please do not take that as don't pay your taxes because mm -hmm. that does happen. People lose their, their bank accounts and their property by not paying their taxes. So mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. not, that's not my advice. Um, okay. I'll let you go on now. Yeah. So, <laughs> So again, the questionnaire goes to the MPs directly. So it would be your MP, your local MP. And you're going to ask these questions. Are you a member of the World Economic Forum? Are you a member of or associated with the United Nations? Do you support Bill C-223 in its current form? 
do you agree with Bill C-223 and uh, would be a violation of the Canadian Bill of Rights if any standards infringe human rights and fundamental freedoms protected in the Bill of Rights? Do you agree that the Charter of Rights Section 1 could allow Bill C-223 to set standard for va vaccination passports that would infringe rights and freedoms uh, set out in the Charter? And then if they answer yes, will you make a public statement in the next month advocating adherence to the Canadian Bill of Rights? Will you make a public statement in the next month condemning the Charter being used to challenge any rights violations under Bill C-223? Will you table a public discussion on Bill C-223 in the House or Council where you sit? Will you condemn Bill C-223 in the House or Council where you sit because it potentially violates human rights and fundamental freedoms to life, liberty, security of persons, and enjoyment of property, as well as the right of the individual to be treated, treated equally and protected by the law? And these, this is addressing section one and section one, section one A and section one B of, of the Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then where you would send this letter in to your local MP. So your the MP in your writing, because you would be that constituent of that MP. And then you would also copy the senators. And we have all the instructions and everything up on the site. It's on the homepage. And then we're asking them to fax the response to Jane's fax number, which is a digital fax. So it will record all of the um, submissions. And if they don't respond, well, no problemo, then we will make it public. Um, because what we're saying is if you don't respond within three months, and again, this comes from, uh, we call it the CYA mode in project management, cover your ass mode. If you don't <laughs> respond in a certain time, the answer is yes, you are going to do these things. Mm -hmm. So we're putting them in the hot seat. And now uh, you got to understand that these these people have been hiding in that house, right? And I would be a little bit, if I was one of these um, um, implants, and I started getting these letters from people asking about the WEF, I'd be getting a little hot around the collar, like, oh shit, I'm being mm -hmm. exposed now. And now you're, you're really holding their feet to the fire. Either you answer, or I'm going to assume the answer. So they're screwed either way. And this is how we start exposing them. And again, don't underestimate the value and the worth of us to do this work. We can do this. There are 34 million of us in this country. Mm -hmm. There are, what, 300 of them. Come on. We keep giving right. away our power and our authority to these guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're laughing at us for sure, as far yeah. as I can tell. And you know yeah. what? That mm -hmm. laugh, it's, it's, that laugh is going away. They're, mm -hmm. they're starting to shit their pants. Mm -hmm. And that, that trucker convoy, that has got to have them worried because it's further exposed media, it's exposed the government, and now it's exposed the illegal activities of the police who now admit there were no guns, there were no weapons. And I talked to a young man this morning who was in the, the convoy and he was, um, he was, um, in his car when everything went down, they pulled him out of his car, stepped on his neck, and he was smart. He just played dead. He was like, I'm, I just got to, like, go limp. So he just, you know, pretended like he was passed out so they would stop. He, mm -hmm. thought, he, he thought they were going to kill him. He was terrified. And so he called me. Everyone keeps calling me. Can we sue the government? I'm like, as a matter of fact, we can, but not through uh, class action. We don't need a lawyer. We can do this ourselves. And this is how people are winning in the courts, by the way. Everybody I know who has gone in the courts alone has had their charges withdrawn. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't taken that much. 
because a lawyer will take a deal and will tell you it's the best you can do. And the lawyers, listen, I'm not going to bash all lawyers because there are some good lawyers out there, but there are a lot of lawyers who are just making money and they're telling people that taking a plea is not an admission of guilt. Yes, it is. You are giving them money because you're saying, okay, 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 I did it, but I, I don't want to pay $10,000, so I'll give you 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. And uh, the one girl, uh, Liz in BC, who had her quarantine charges dropped, um, she said uh, she was in the court and people were just pleading guilty and taking the deals. So I'm like, oh, no, please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's if, prostitution, if you, right? If, yes. And you, if, mm -hmm. you really don't even have to fight that much. She went in, she actually messaged, like, I don't know if I can do this. The judge told me to basically shut up when I said the Bill of Rights. And then the next day, she's like, my charges were dropped. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that jumped out at me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's a totally different time to, to um, find your courage. And this is a big subject of mine that I work with people day in and day out to deprogram that new world, what I call disorder. There's no order in it. It's total disorder. But mm -hmm. we have the order of God inside of us. Oh my gosh. Times, out there, in here, perfectly mm -hmm. reliable. Um, yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, I think you want to say something. I there. wanted to respond to a comment here. Mm -hmm. Kelly Harold did not have his charges withdrawn. First of all, I didn't make that claim. And mm -hmm. secondly, he's appealing. Um, and mm -hmm. here's, the, here's the win out of this, okay? So people, you have to look at the bigger picture sometimes. And we tend to get caught up in being a little bit you know, the blinders come on and we see bad and we just see the bad. There's actually a lot of good that came out of that. And here's the good. Um, no, he didn't, Ryder. No, he did not get a criminal conviction. No. <laughs> okay, good. That's why okay. I put that up to, okay. in case you need so, spelling. So here's the thing. So um, I'm not sure who this person is, uh, Ryder, but Kelly Hale. Um, so Kelly Hale's hearing, which I sat in on, um, here's the good that came out of it. And again, he's appealing it, guys. So it's not done. It's going in through appeal. So let's understand that just so you know, okay? When you mm -hmm. appeal something, it's not over. You're continuing on the path. Mm -hmm. um, so here's the two amazing things. And we have the transcript. And it's actually, there, there's actually a blog on our site and we are sharing the transcript because people donated for, to Kelly to get the transcript and we want everybody to have it. It's on the website for everyone to have. And there are two good things that came out of Kelly Hill's uh, hearing. Number one is that um, the, the Dr. Oglaza admitted on the stand that there are no studies that prove that a vaccine nor a mask stops the spread of a virus, okay? And a section 22 has three components to it. Number one, that there, that there may be a risk. Okay. Number two, um, where I wrote it down somewhere because I may have forgotten. There's three components. And one of them is to stop, stop the spread and, um, uh, stop the spread. Uh, here we go. One has to be a disease. Two is present the risk for, um, um, uh, Present, oh, a present risk that's a communicable disease, which of course they're using, um, they're using uh, COVID. And then the third one is show reasonable and probable cause of, that the recommendation will reduce the risk. That's the whole point of a 22 order, which is under the Healthcare Protection and Promotion Act, okay? Now, here's the thing. You can't have number three, 
which is show a reasonable and probable cause that the recommendation will reduce the risk because number one, yes, you're right. Sorry. He did do that. And that Kelly Hale did that on his own accord without consultation. So that was Kelly Hale that chose to do that. So just, just to be clear. So, um, uh, the judge or the JP, the, the chair, uh, and Oglaza, nobody clarified, nobody corrected the statement that there is number one, no mask study, no vaccine study to stop the spread of the virus. Number one, number two. And, and that virus has never been isolated. I have a virus isn't a virus. It's an exosome. Right. That's oh, thank you. Thank you. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have 80 of the hundred plus freedom of information requests that went yep. out asking mm -hmm. for that isolation. It does not exist. I, a poor friend called me the other day. I have COVID. I'm like, no, you don't. Don't think you're sick and you're vulnerable. Don't buy into that stuff for two years. You said no. And now you're saying yes. Anyway, that's my yeah. friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ryder, whatever Kelly Hale did in that court hearing, he did it on his own. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about that. Kelly did it on his own. He did not discuss it with Stanford E. He did not discuss it with Jane Scarf. He did it on his own. So Ryder, I'm not going to answer any more questions on that. Um, so then uh, the other thing that came out of the trial is, or the hearing, sorry, it was a hearing. It wasn't a, it wasn't a judge or a justice of the peace. It was a chair. Um, Dr. Oglaza admitted, no, Ryder, I'm going to tell you again, Jane Scarf did not represent Kelly Hale in that hearing. He went on his own. So this is a fact, Ryder. If you want to ask Jane Scarf, you can come on the call tonight and ask her. We're doing our Zoom call at 8 o'clock. You're welcome to join. Um, I just like to have the facts very clear. Um, so, yeah, so let's just move on from this conversation because we're getting distracted about something that's incorrect, but that's okay. Ryder has his opinion, and that's cool. Um, and then, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that, um, that he admitted on the stand uh, remember, this is under oath here, is that the, um, shoot, what was it? Oh my gosh. There's two things. Oh yeah, that there's no enforcement in the Reopening Ontario Act. And then, so, so uh, Kelly responded back to them and asked for the, uh, no, they responded to Kelly um, about this uh, enforcement of the ROA. And they gave this blah, 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 blah answer. And then they said, so then they tried to say that the ROA was in the uh, Kingston bylaw. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The ROA has nothing to do with the Kingston bylaw. And this was actually what, what, with my case as well. So in the Reopening Ontario Act, section 364-20, there is no enforcement. There's no enforcement. So everybody who got a Reopening Ontario ticket, it's bullshit. And if they had a lawyer, I bet you any money, a lot of them paid money and accepted a, a guilty plea because that's how the lawyers are going to defend. But there is no enforcement in 364-20. And I don't believe there's any enforcement in 263-20. And the Reopening Ontario Act itself is questionable. It's questionable how that got elected in. And here's the other thing that needs to be addressed. How can the House have quorum when less than 50% of the members are voting on a bill? And that's what's been happening because they have cohorts. Well, how can you pass Bill 195 that became the Reopen Ontario Act, which took the emergency, the need for a declared emergency out of the picture 
and move section 7.0.2 into the ROA, well, how can you have quorum when less than half of the members voted on that bill? It doesn't, this, this is again, due process, right? And if we just sit here and don't say anything to get away with it. So we have to have the conversations and we have to bring this to the table. So. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you for doing that. It's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So do you feel like we've covered the, um, the UBI? Yes, we covered the UBI. No? Okay. All we right. covered the travel. Um, we covered the charges. I'm just making my little checkbox here. <laughs> <laughs> Project manager, you? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll forget something. Mm -hmm. um, one do thing you want to do? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Just going to say we also had NOLs on the list, and, and just yes. to see if there's anything, you know, because maybe I don't need to name them, but there's uh, people sending thousands and thousands of NOLs out there and uh, falling on deaf ears. Waste, I don't know, waste of paper, if I dare say. Right, mm -hmm. right. So the thing is with, so there's, the NOLs are a bit of a, there, there's, there's two different, there's, the stand for the NOL is different from a lot of the other, other NOLs because um, a lot of the other NOLs are really, um, a, 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 they're not a statement of claim. Okay, mm -hmm. so a statement of claim is, uh, you know, it's a statement of facts. So, um um, Bob, my boss, um, has violated my rights, right to privacy, informed consent, has committed extortion, assault, all of these things by forcing me into a vaccine or, um, or, uh, or firing me. Right. So then, um, so then this, that's, that's your, it's basically your statement of claim. It's your facts. It's your evidence that would you, you would use when you go into court. So then the first part is the claim. The second part are the facts. So I went into work on June 15th and Bob asked for my vaccine passport. I told him I didn't have, sorry, jabby jab passport. And Bob <laughs> told me to leave. Uh, that was a violation of my rights. I'll listed what they were. Um, then we get into the legality and we show the legal provisions that protect me, not Bob, because Bob has none, not a single legal provision that protects Bob. By the way, Dr. Kieran Moore did a press conference at the end of February and admitted to the entire world that the vaccine man, oh, sorry, Beth, the jabby jab mandate was not, um, a, not a mandate to enforce it. It was a mandate for a policy, which is what we had identified when it came out, because it says very clearly in it, it's a policy, not a mandate. So, um, so he's admitted that. So I'm like, guys, What's the that's difference then, that with the policy and the mandate. Well, one was, so people interpreted it to be, I have to force people into this because the government's telling me to, and that's what they were hiding behind. But when you read it, it was a policy with three options. You either take it, or you do an education, or you do testing. It was either or, it wasn't, you must do this, you must mm -hmm. do this, you must mm -hmm. do this. It was and, or, and, or. And so people just went, oh, no, 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 you have to do it, or you can't come in. And now what's happening is that people are dropping the mandates and the people have been already been fired and they're not bringing them back in, but they're dropping the mandate. So what is going on here? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so back to the, the NOLs. Mm -hmm. And so this is what makes ours a little bit different is number one, it's a statement of claim, a statement of facts, the legal provisions, the offer to rectify. This is the big one where I was going to say, Bob, you got seven days to knock off the bullshit. And if you don't knock off the bullshit, well, then I'm going to come after you for 
for each right violation and $5,000 for each uh, criminal code violation. And if you don't knock it off in seven days, then I'm going to file a small claims court and I'll let the judge decide. But the thing is, remember, Bob's got not a single legal provision to protect him. So this is why it's a little bit different than I know there's other groups that are bringing, you know, they're bringing these, these, these NOLs on mass and serving them. There has to be harm done to you or you can't follow through with it. Like I can't just serve a notice of liability to you because you have a policy. Did it impact me? No, there's no harm done. And what about the violation of the rights according well, to so so but here's an example. A school board mm -hmm. that has a vaccine policy, sorry, my chairs, I just fixed my chair there. Um a, a school that has um a vaccine a, a jabby jab policy. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's all right. This will uh, go to Odyssey if it gets taken down off of YouTube, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Mm -hmm. it, it goes um, there anyway. Then um, that doesn't impact me. I'm not in school. I'm not teaching there. It doesn't impact me. It's different if it's a restaurant and I go in and they don't. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, boy, Ryder, you're really giving us a run for your money, eh? So it's, it's different than if you go. <laughs> Uh, if you go to a restaurant and the restaurant owner says, no, you can't come in because X, Y, and Z. So that's the harm done is that my rights were violated, but my rights aren't violated if it's the Toronto district school board, because I'm not going to that. I have nothing to do with that school. It, it is a rights violation, but it's mm -hmm. not a direct harm to me. Right. Unless so your son or daughter is there in that. District. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Then it's different. Then it's mm -hmm. different. And then, um, so the, the challenge is, is that, we are not the ones fulfilling on these. It's up to the individuals to fulfill them and they have to go through the process and they have to take them to the courts. There has been some success with serving them. Um, I know uh, one lady who uh, was a teacher and she was able to continue work. There was a woman in BC who served uh, one to, um, I think it was a manager at Costco and they allowed her in without the face covering. Um, there's uh, some other instances as well where they were served and people got frightened. And actually there's a lady I'm dealing with right now. She's a city of Toronto employee employee and her manager is losing his mind because she served it and he's trying to do anything he can to like bring the union involved And the unions. Like, uh, -uh we're not touching this. You're on your own buddy. Like this has nothing to do with us. And he's so desperate that he's setting up meetings by himself and he, he's, acting like they're there and making decisions like she's like he's lost his mind so it certainly does create a level of anxiety um there was another uh, lady who had a um she served one to her son's hockey association and the lawyer responded and the lawyer had nothing the lawyer had nothing he said well um my client strongly rejects this claim yeah well i don't so and then they had no defense there was no defense mm -hmm. so and, and people have to understand that these the notice of liability that we're that we're doing is different. And um, I don't know why people think it has no legal standing. I just don't understand why people think that. But I mean, they could try one and find out if they wanted to see if it doesn't or does. So can they not ultimately ignore it? That's what I was wondering they, about yes, in Canada here. Hundred percent, they can. Hundred yeah. percent, they can ignore it. But mm -hmm. you can also ignore an invoice from the Rogers too. You can ignore anything. You can mm -hmm. ignore a, 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 um, a summons to go to court. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. ignore anything. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you to, <laughs> it's up to you 
to um, to continue on. And just like Rogers mm -hmm. doesn't stop because you stop, they go, okay, yeah. well, great. Here's your next bill. Here's your, here's your next bill. Here you go. And then and here's the collection on. agency. Exactly. And, yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Now, th this is related, but not totally. I want to go back to this question Ken had about uh, what enforcement means. Yes. So now I know, I know we're kind of uh, going to blur the, the lines here, but. Yeah. So, so enforcement. So in this case, what we're talking about is use of force and everything that's happened with these um, measures is use of force because somebody is going to force you out of their business. Somebody is going to prevent you from accessing a plane. Somebody is going to prevent you from doing something, right? So that would be use of force. And enforcement is enforcement of the law and doesn't mean necessarily criminal code. It, legislation is law, uh, bylaw is law. So when you as an individual, a person, myself, so say again, I'm a business owner and I own a business, I own a restaurant, and you come in and you don't have the jabby jab pass. And I say to you, you need to leave now, you know, leave my business. And then what I can, I can trespass you. Of course, you can be trespassed at any time for anything. And I also, I'm just going to take a step back a little bit because there's a lot of confusion on the Trespass Act. The Trespass Act is very clear. It's, it's, um, if you are trespassing, you're trespassing if you've been asked to leave by the owner or someone authorized by the owner, period. That's it. You have to go. And so I'm not even going to respond. Um, and so um, they're coming for you. I know uh, some people just like to poke. That's okay. I'm just going to keep going. Um, so uh, when you're enforcing that law, when you're, when you're, when you're taking the, the by force, which is what this is, that's where you're covered under section 25 of the criminal code. Um, so that's, that's what we're talking about here. And again, there's case law. Um, there's case law to support this. Um, by the way, I'm just going to say this: um, more precious than gold. I'm, I believe that you are. Going back to the case law, the Trespass Act is legislation, and the court ruling for the Trespass Act is that use of force, law enforcement under Section 25, criminal activity, or sorry, federal activity. So. We have case law to prove exactly what I'm saying. It's R versus um, R versus Asante uh, Mensa. I can pull it up right now because I'm quick, quick like a rabbit. Yeah, and, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead and share if you like. I will. I sure will. <laughs> okay. And this is this is you have to understand. For me, this is very important for me that it's evidence based. I, I, it's not opinions. It's evidence based. And we are not charter fans. We don't read it. We don't really get in. We don't get into the charter at all. We don't use the constitution. We use the bill of rights. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually a great distinction that um, because some people think that you can still use the constitution, but not the charter. What's your take on that? Well, um, the, so the charter of rights has a lot of flaws. And sorry, let me just do um, applying, uh, sorry, for uh enforcing the law with force. And this is in Toronto Pearson Airport, R versus um, Asante. Okay. Asante um, Mensa. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, so the Bill of Rights, uh, again, Jane has a really great article. I was just um, working on it before we, I jumped on here. Um, so the, the, and I've been doing a lot of digging on the charter. I'll be very honest, I'm not, trust i'm not i'm not believing brian peckford's story 
Um, the Bill of Rights is not part of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. It's its own document. Um, I'm very well versed in the Bill of Rights. I live and breathe. The, yes, you're right. Charter's never been ratified. 100%. It was. Uh, it was. Um, it received royal assent by the royal assent by the Queen in England, not here in Canada. And Quebec never signed on. By the way, guys, Quebec has their own uh, Quebec Charter of Rights. So, <clears throat> just wanted to let you know that one. Um, and not uh, not a good one, right? I no, it's good. It's good. Oh, it is good. Yeah, it is good. And I don't think anyone even knows about it. Just like the Bill of Rights. Just like the Bill of Rights, it's the same same problem that we have. It's been buried. Mm -hmm. So the the fundamental couple of things with the charter, and for me, the fundamental issue with the charter, and it, and this is this is huge, is Section One. Yes, the Constitution Act, eighteen sixty seven, can be used, not nineteen eighty two. Um, is that in in the um, um, Section One of the Charter, it basically says. These are your rights guaranteed here within. So right there, that says the government's giving me my rights. I don't want the government giving me my rights. That means there's going to be conditions on my rights. Mm -hmm. That means that there's parameters on my rights. Then in that same section, I'm actually just going to pull it up. Yeah, I've got the other link ready to go. Do you want me to uh, drop that one for the meantime? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So in the so it says. Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees the rights and freedoms set out in it subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. So I'm, I'm challenged by that. And um, we've seen that the Charter of Rights Section 1 is being applied in the moment as with um, actually Dave Freedom's compiling a video um, is that um yeah blue sky is different in canada and the states the states is the the bill of rights is in the constitution the states yep it's different down there and um, you guys your bill of rights is a little more rock solid than ours too but we both have good bill of rights yep um so um bill of rights section one demonstrably justified this is a huge problem it's being used in the moment uh and as i was just mentioning dave freedom is actually compiling a video of all of the instances where um uh, uh, the police have used Section 1 in the moment. They broke Jim Kerr's thumb, Section 1. Uh, uh, Chris Skye, when he was crossing the fake border between, uh, I think it was Alberta and Saskatchewan, and they, he, they, they stopped him, and he gave him his driver's license. First of all, no thanks. Keep your window up, lock your door, and tell him, no thank you, I'm not answering your questions. And then he said, he said, well, I, I, this is a violation of my charter rights and freedoms. And the cop literally went section one, bud, and made his friend to get out of the car and drive back to wherever they came from by himself. I keep telling uh, this story, by the way. <laughs> Heard you tell like, it before. Literally, section one, get out. Mm -hmm. um, and now there's been four, four rulings, okay? Uh, again, with the Charter of Rights, proving that the Charter of Rights it is fundamentally flawed in section one. And I've been doing a lot of research going into the um, the uh, special joint committees that were created during the inception of the charter. And um, by the way, there was UN interference in, in, the, in this development of the charter, as well as the Canadian Bar Association. And Amanda and myself, when I get back, we are gonna go hit up Osgoode Hall, York University, and we wanna see if we can find those submissions from the Bar Association and the United Nations that interfered with the, the development of the charter. 
And as for section one, an, another um, article that I've been reading, and I'm actually including it in the article that Jane has written that I'm going to put, no, you don't invoke the Bill of Rights, you just use it. You just mm -hmm. use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jane, uh, the article that will, that will go out in the email tonight, um, I've put in links to some of these articles. Um, one, uh, uh, they called section one, the Mack truck clause because it left such a gaping hole in the charter that you could drive a truck through it. And it was, <laughs> it was very controversial and um, it caused a lot of um, 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 commotion in this committee. So there's section one. Then now Brian Peckford is claiming that the, um, the charter of rights, um, that your rights can only be um, um, taken away after being proven justified through a court of law. Well, section 24.1 states otherwise. And I'm just going to read section 24.1 because section 24 says, oh, where am I here? Sorry, how do you want to read, me to pull that up? Yeah, one second. You know, the... Um, this is of the charter. Yeah, hold on one second. Oops. Yeah, if you've got it, oh, yeah, go ahead. But they've changed the websites now and it's actually not that easy to find the Charter of Rights. It drives me bonkers. You actually just have to... Charterpedia? Yep. Um, here, I'll give you a link. I'll give you a link to the actual, don't go to Charter, well, you can go to Charterpedia if you want. But Section 24.1 Remedies, it's called? Yeah, hold on. Because it's going to, sometimes it's, these these new things that they've created are a little bit different. So this is... Um, is that it or no? Oh my gosh, one second here. Uh, where, where are you? Yes, actually, this is great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. See, anyone whose rights or freedoms as guaranteed by this charter have been infringed. Past tense. It's already happened. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, well, if your rights have been violated, then you can go to a, you can apply to a court of competent jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. Well, huh? So what are you saying here? So it is not that you need to go to court to prove it's demonstrably justified. It's that you need to go to court to prove it wasn't demonstrably justified. And guess what happened with the Church of God? Henry Hildebrandt. Mm -hmm. The judge said, they, the question was asked, were, was the Church of God's rights violated, uh, right to uh, religion, uh, section two of the charter violated? The judge said, yes. Yes. That's mm -hmm. the response. Mm -hmm. And why? Because of the section one, it's demonstrably justified. We're in a pandemic. And we have to understand that a judge, they're, they're not a subject matter expert in communicable diseases. And so they're going to look to the subject matter uh, uh, experts, which is public health and ministry of health. And that's exactly what this judge said. He said, I don't even want to have this discussion around the science. Mm -hmm. The fact remains, there's a pandemic. Ministry of health and public health said so. They're my colleagues. Remember this. They're my colleagues. And I'm going by what they said. And for you don't care, your rights have been violated, case closed. Mm -hmm. The TTC lost their injunction using the Charter of Rights. The TDSD, TDSB just lost theirs using the Charter of Rights. The, um, the Ambassador Bridge was closed because they, the judge ruled that the Charter doesn't protect all types of protests. The seven churches in Manitoba were closed, which by the way, I believe they're Church of God churches or affiliations. So why did the Hildebrands talk about the Bill of Rights on Sunday and then the very next day on Monday, they, taught, they used the Charter in the court I'd like to know why that happened. Yeah. And ev everybody's court cases, and not everybody's, but uh, were moved until after the Hildebrandt's case.
So they are expecting us to go in the courts and use the Charter of Rights. And they're going to go, yeah, case law, boom. And here's the irony of the Charter of Rights is that the Charter of Rights sets precedence in the courts because we are a common law country. Common law in Canada means common law of the people. It's not this other common law thing that people talk about. That's exactly what common law means. And the thing is, is that the judge can then use discretion to not use that case law. This is this is the contradiction of this Charter of Rights, is that Section 7 and uh, further sections of 24.1, allow, or 24, sorry, allow a judge to have sole discretion in the ruling. They don't have to regard case law. They don't have to um, uh, follow legislation. And they can use fundamental justice, whatever that means, to, to, to drive their decision. Now, one of the girls with us, Anne Tu, she's working on a, a presentation. She's been doing research on what's called judicial activism or activists and how the judges for the past 40 years, by the way, the 40 year anniversary of the Bill of Rights, the Charter of Rights is coming up in um, um, April 17th. Uh, so um, it's what basically what's happened is that judges are using court rulings because again, common law in Canada is case law, precedence law, and we use that uh, as law. So when, when the, ju uh, sorry, the judges have been using um, uh, their discretion to form or to shape um, laws. And now you, when you have government appointed judges, well, that's a problem. So, you know, so I, for me, this notion of just, you know, we're talking, you said it, you said it earlier, throwing away baby, the baby with the bathwater. We don't need to exit the system. I see some really simple, fundamental uh, uh, um, executions of uh, execution of changing our system for the better, which is number one, we need to change our electoral system. It needs to be fair representation. This is nonsense what we have. Number two, we elect the judges. They're not appointed. We elect the Senate. They're not appointed. We elect the sheriffs. Nobody's appointed. We elect them. And we get to vote on bills. Just changing that process right there would be a significant impact then we can start fixing the deeper problems right then we can start digging into the shitty laws that have been created and we can get rid of this charter because as someone said it's never been ratified it's never received royal assent and this is a huge problem for our country it will lead us into communism it's already on the path so we have to cut the head off the snake and we have to educate people to stop using it and we have to take control of the driver's seat. And that is through self-representation in the courts. And that is through us taking action and whatever that is. And here's something that's really easy for, for people. Send your MP the Bill of Rights. Send your counselor the Bill of Rights. Send it to your police station. Go in and talk to them. Talk to these guys. Because, you know, we have a lot that we can do at, here in Canada. And if you want to throw away the system and go create a new one, good luck. There's 34 million people here. And with newcomers coming in, because that's what they want to do, they want to fill our country with newcomers. Now, how are you going to do that? It's already mm -hmm. an issue. I'd love to jump in here. So I've been up to my eyeballs in creating the, both this side of the law and also on the other side with the help of Jacqueline Milne, who right now is spearheading creating private membership association in Canada. I know it's not new by any means. In fact, it's so old, they don't want us to know about it. 
Mm-hmm. And and it happens to this day. The Bar Association is a private membership association. It means that they basically make all of their own rules. They don't pay taxes. They're, they they govern themselves. And it's respected in mm-hmm. the courts. They just don't want us to know. So, you know, for me moving forward, mm-hmm. I feel like what you guys are teaching, absolutely, we all need to have these arrows in our quiver. Is that what it's called? You know, that, that we need to have these skills. We need to know court procedure. We need to grow up in this way. But how much of our lives could be moved into the private in a totally lawful way, start taking over functions, you know, maybe, maybe the public law, you, you leave it, you just hold it accountable. And, and what you can end up doing is bring these predators into balance, create competition for them. So they're not, we're not always turning to them for our livelihoods, for our base, you know, for like they control everything. They could cause our famine that they've actually been trying to cause our famine. But if we take these measures into the private and start looking after our communities and ourselves this way, then they literally cannot say one thing about it. So just a quick thing to say that Jacqueline Milne did a workshop the other night off the charts, inspiring, incredible. I didn't expect to be so inspired. And she is leaving it up so you can get the recording if you go to her website, JacquelineMilne.com and uh, sign up. It's just an information session and you have to join her PMA in order to to take part. But um, so sorry to interrupt. I just couldn't help but say that. No, that's a good point. And I, I, I think that, you know, you raised a really good point as well. That these organizations that are not government uh, organizations, uh, the their uh, like the bar or the College of Physicians and Surgeons, they need to go. The food and drug uh, regulators, they need to go. These people need to go. Yeah. But you know, I again, I'm, I I will not sit under the framework of exit the system because that's just not realistic. But mm-hmm. we need to change the framework. And even with the police, uh, here's an idea independent reviews instead of internal reviews this is the thing right it's the same thing with the with the jabby jab manufacturers they do the they are doing their own research it all needs to be independent they're the police they investigate themselves this is ridiculous the police services board needs to be an independent body you know that the mayors typically serve on the police services board as well as the chief of police well how does that make sense Mm -hmm. so these are things too like there needs to be a, a clear, like, there needs to be independent bodies that oversee these organizations. And many of these organizations, we don't need them. They need to go. Mm-hmm. And they the need us. <laughs> yes. And the universities need to be exposed as well. The funding from folks like Bill Gates and George Soros and the Clintons and the Open Source Foundation, this needs to stop. These are no longer schools. They have not been schools for almost 100 years when the Rockefellers took over because this is the system that we live under. We live under a Rockefeller system, which happened when they took over the monetary system. Um, and so there are a lot of practical things that we can do quickly to solve the bulk of our issues. And then we chip away at fixing the rest of it. And the OPS, you know, that Bell needs to be, his feet need to be held to the fire too, because he just admitted that there were no guns found in the, at the trucker convoy. There you go. There you go. Uh, I just wanted to go back to a question by Caroline, and I think you started to speak to this earlier. Maybe, maybe did just correct me. Uh, so those of, uh, she lives in Quebec, who's under the civil code. Any special advice for how to navigate with the Bill of Rights in that case? Yeah, well, it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, the criminal code is federal. The Bill of Rights is federal. So it would be the same thing, Caroline, because uh, applic- um, in a law enforcement or enforcing the law using force 
as the as the um, application that I described, going into a business and then forcing you out, that would still apply because that's as application of the law. Um, and also mm -hmm. remember that um, um, you have the, the Quebec Charter of Rights, and Jane has been combing through the the, the Quebec Charter of Rights, and she's she's digging that that uh, the the charter. She hasn't found uh, any any um problematic clauses and remember quebec did not sign on to the canadian charter of rights mm -hmm. and it could be a matter that the bill that the that the quebec charter of rights has been buried much like the charter of rights was buried and this is why these folks get so upset when you talk about the charter of rights in the court or the bill of rights in the courts because they they a they don't even a lot of them don't know what you're talking about especially the jps guys jps are not law they're not legal professionals Anyone can be a JP. And by the way, there's a lot of vacant positions. So if you want to have impact, why don't you go be a JP? Because that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's an idea too. I'm sorry, my screen looks greasy. And that's okay. No worries. no worries. Um, yeah. And it's, it's mm -hmm. oh, that's actually what I wanted to talk about before we mm -hmm. go is City Hall. So this year in Ontario, and also I think there's a few provinces that have municipal elections this year. And folks should look into their area and see where they have municipal elections. Because here's a fun fact, guys. City Council has a lot more control than we would understand. And guess what they can do? They can say no to these orders. And as a matter of fact, they could even create policies to punish those who implement orders. For example, um, Mackenzie County in Alberta, which is the largest county in Alberta. Yes, it's in the northern region. But guess what's in the north northern region of Alberta? Oil and gas big money okay and guess what guys they put in a, a um, policy that they will not work with anyone who has a vaccine gb oh, job uh, mandate <laughs> that's okay <laughs> no worries no worries at all um uh, do you have time for one more question just kind of came up absolutely. for me absolutely yeah so i don't want to put anybody on the spot here but someone's saying reach out to me if you have information on police corruption and i have a kind of double mind about this because if we demonize our local police then that's just the perfect timing for them to roll in so, oh these people yeah right 100 yeah it that is the that is the um antifa model that is the blm model um and Thank i you. will never refer to the police as pigs that's that's Thank that's you. appalling uh, whether we like it or not, it's just like being an atheist. Nobody's an atheist when they're stuck in a hole, are they? Yeah. Please God, please God. Well, when That's someone's right. breaking into your house, who are you going to call? You call the police. Yeah. So I have very little tolerance. Listen, what happened in Ottawa was disgusting. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. I am not going to excuse that, but mm -hmm. I am not going to blame all of the hundreds of thousands of police that work in our country because of those I'll leave my adjectives to myself because what they did was disgusting. But that was a very small group of people, a very small group of people. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that they handpicked those guys and that's why they brought them in from other cities. Who mm -hmm. knows where they came from? Mm -hmm. But when we say, when we use words like PIGs, you're fooling yourself because if someone's mm -hmm. coming to steal your car, you're going to call 911 for help. So. Mm -hmm. This is one of the ways that I feel I can serve and why I've been offering a course called Primal Power since the pandemic began, because what ends up happening for those of us that are, I'll say, higher energy, a little more awake, a little more brave to look at things that are difficult, it doesn't get us out of trouble. It just bumps us up the scale of trouble. 
and we end up becoming the predators we think we're fighting. Yes, we can't. We can't become them. And and just just a minute. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't speaking of you. Please, I wasn't. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're. And you know what, just a minute. There needs to be dialogue. There needs to be dialogue with the police mm -hmm. because there were many. There were. Please, guys, we cannot confuse all these bad apples with all the good police officers that were there. There were many that were completely on side, and now they're actually being. Um, they're being um, chastised and they're being disciplined for that. So they stuck their necks out on the line too. Um, and uh, I, I talked to, again, I was in Ottawa the day that everything happened. I was on the front line with, I was up nose to nose with a green, one of those green men. And the one guy, like there were some officers there. They did not know what they were getting into. I actually felt some empathy for them. They were, they were two Toronto officers standing to the side and they were just like, Oh my God. Like they were horrified. You could, you could tell. And I went up to the guy and I said, I said, I said, I said, guys, you're on the wrong side of history here. You should be with us. You should join us. And the guy, like they looked like they were just deer caught in the headlights. And I said to them, I said, you know, you're protecting the wrong people. You're protecting the people in that hill and they're Peter Boris. And I said, you're a cop. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And the one guy looked at me and he was like, uh-huh. And we, he shook my hand and it, we shook hands. And I actually, I really felt like, wow, these guys got shafted. They, they didn't know what they were getting into. And once it was when everything really started to happen just before the woman was trampled and you, they were just literally kind of trying to like, they were just like, oh my God, they didn't know. And so, and you got to remember too, as humans, we get excited when we're around other people. Okay. It takes one bad apple to stir the whole pot. And then mm -hmm. the next thing you know, it's that mob mentality. And these men and women may have done things that they wouldn't have normally done outside of, um, see, I don't know who this no more precious than gold is, but you need to dig deep, man. You need to go look in the mirror and dig deep into your soul. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff you're putting out there. That's really not good. Yeah. It's and, and, not no, good. and you don't need the all caps to, to yell in the no, chat. This, that's, this, uh, that's not uh, called forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you some love, my friend, because I think you need some love. You really you need to dig deep and think about the words that and the actions that you're putting forward in life because you're becoming the problem with this this type of thinking so mm -hmm. i hope that you you hear these words as not being anti antagonistic but giving you something to think about because this doesn't seem like a good way to to live your life um yes there are absolutely bad ones absolutely and rcmp does have a, an issue absolutely but again that comes down to the leadership right and if you have a leadership from the top allowing people to do bad things and that's going to create a, a, um, um, an organization with more bad apples than another organization because it's always top down. So we and have to understand that. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but let's be real. If you are uh, having this kind of energy of hatred towards them, it gives them license to crush you. This yeah, and, and this is the exactly. unconscious programming operating, right? If you if you both are operating unconsciously in this in this hatred, this want to kill is what happens. It's amazing we don't do it more often. Then it actually legitimizes what they're going to do to you. You have exactly, done exactly, exactly. That's this is exactly it. And this is this is this was what was so beautiful with the truckers is they were like, it's like they were like guys, guys, guys. Whatever they do, we come at them with love because they didn't want to be on that level. And mm -hmm. I saw a lot of that from these guys that mm -hmm. they didn't want to they didn't want to bring themselves down to that level. And they were just like, whatever you're going to do, you go ahead and do that, but I'm not going to become you. And that's what we have to learn so much is that we can't become the enemy, or else we all lose. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's not easy to do, but taking the high road is the success road. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Love conquers all, right? It's stronger <laughs> than any sword because if yes. you if if somebody's attacking you and you're you know and you're coming at them with the opposite and they're throwing out that hate, which I don't even like using the word hate. Like the group in Ottawa, hate free zone. Oh my goodness! All they were doing was hating. It's like, mm-hmm. and and first of all, anyone that would put that on a poster, it's such a I, I'm really big on the use of words, and that is that is such a negative word. And to put it out into the world for people to see, it's almost like it's it, you know it was creating more of it. It was well, you yeah. Know, when you that say energetic mm-hmm. exchange, when you say don't hate, you're you're actually saying hate. It's like our uh, our uh, billboards that say don't drink. They're actually saying or or even better, they say drink respons- responsibly. Right? They're not saying don't drink or. It's right inside there. Yeah. You tell a toddler, don't run on the road. First thing they do is run for the road. And I know that really well. Yeah. And we, and it it is time that we become more conscious of the, of our words and, and certainly of our actions. And, you know, we can sit here and think that everyone's our enemy or we can just understand that a lot of people have been caught up in the lies and they're not able to see, see, uh, see past it. So those are the options that we have in life. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. 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 Truth hates. No, that's, that's just that, that is in the inversion. That is the program. Uh, people are victim of that program and, and you have to turn it around, take responsibility for how your actions are affecting people mm-hmm. and, and start to dig around and see, you know, what is that actually? Cause if you spend all your time thinking about it in, in the high energy often of, of anger and pride, but you know, that's how you separate yourself from everybody. That's mm-hmm. how you create division. That's what the perpetrators are doing here. And we don't want to do it here too. Yeah. So that's my yeah. big speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, it's been a huge pleasure to have you on. Oh, it was a little bit long you. in the thank coming. You. Yeah. 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 So you have so much to share. No doubt. You know, if you're free in the, in the future, I would love to have you on again. I'd love to have yeah. all of you, uh, Jane yes. and, and Amanda. Oh and boy. You oh boy. On, you, yeah. you better have six hours blocked off. Yes, yes. I was thinking for the Choose Freedom Law Summit, which uh, we haven't brought any private content behind the scenes. They're totally uncensored. You can say jabby jab all you want <laughs> over there. And uh, yeah, that would be a powerhouse. Put, put some time aside and just would dig in. We'd love that. We'd mm-hmm. love that. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me. This has been amazing. Thank you. Right on, right on. I really honor your voice and your courage and all of the work, tireless work that I see you are doing. So do visit standforthee.com. And tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time is the regular meeting, which I highly recommend. I, I sat on the edge of my seat last time for all of this. Like, <laughs> I even canceled dinner for that. <laughs> so funny. Well, thank to you. Watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're getting some thanks from the, the, uh, Anything else thank you. you want to end I just with? Want to say or... Thank you for everyone for that was here watching and commenting. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very engaged. Please do share this out. I don't even uh, often ask, but I know uh, Sharon was saying how it's totally shadow banned on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm used to that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and YouTube definitely is suppressing people and their comments. And there's they're unsubscribing. Yeah. I had somebody say three times in a row they've unsubscribed him from my channel. He keeps coming back and looking for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're doing their best, but they're failing in every every aspect. They're failing. And you know, this was after the trucker thing, I was like, so how do you put that genie back in the bottle? The whole world was ignited. What are you going to just pretend that didn't happen? 
yet the living, breathing, organic soul rose all yeah. by itself with no yeah. leadership of any kind. It just rose. That's what it does. It's what yeah. it wants to do. Yeah. 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 All right. We're well, getting okay. tons of appreciation. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, lots of love for today. Do tune in. Uh, my next scheduled interview is with Amanda Reading and Alphonse Fagiolo to bring their collaboration together, the U.S., Canada, see what they come up with. And uh, when Alphonse heard Amanda, he said, oh, that's like me in a girl's body or a girl's <laughs> mind. <laughs> that's actually the second time somebody else said that too. So they're really happy to have uh, women come forward. And and you said it right at the beginning, maybe I'll just close with this, that you, you're of course bringing all of the, the work and the knowledge and the will, but you're also bringing that feminine. And there's something about that, that I don't, I don't even talk like this often because it's not about feminine versus masculine by any means, but we yeah. can make leaps that you can't even explain, but all of a sudden there you are seeing something you didn't see that's really important for everybody. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful addition to the law world. Mm -hmm. glad, so glad you're in Canada as well. Thank you. And mm -hmm. you know what? I'm just going to, I want to touch on that too, because I think it is time for the divine feminine energy to lead. Not that men are incapable. I, I feel like in this time, we just have a, women in general have a slightly different way of thinking. And I feel like, and, and we're seeing a lot of females stepping up to the plate. Not the men aren't stepping up to the plate. It's just we're organically coming into these roles. And I feel like it's very needed in this time. And men are doing just as good of a job. It's just a, a, this added um, element to this um, spiritual battle that we're in. And it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? This, is, this, As, is, this is ordained. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, All okay. right, everybody. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Bye for now.